Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Firewalk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more! This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now! Supplies are very limited. Only $25.99 plus shipping and handling. Go to bluerosemag.com today. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaskin. Beside me, as always, is Ben Durant. It's Ben Durant. And today's episode is uh, very special. It's the Twin Peaks UK Fest. Yes. 2015. Uh, very exciting. Yeah, and so that the, what you were hearing, you know, we always have our theme song as uh, Sycamore Trees, and that was M. Brule from the Double R Club. Uh, in the UK, thank you, M, for letting us uh, play some of that. It's 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 really amazing. She is something else. Yes. I mean, what a great, amazing voice she has. So thank you very much for letting us play that. So um, before we get into the fest, we've got some guests today. But I thought right before we get into that, uh, Twin Peaks had a, there was a Twin Peaks promo on Showtime. Yes, on Sunday. Very so, exciting. Yeah. So I mean, I was looking at social media Sunday evening. And I saw there was buzz about this, and uh, it was on Showtime. And I I happen to get Showtime right now because uh, of of exactly around the same time. There's the the affair is on, and there's a show uh, Homeland is on. Yeah. And so right when I saw it was on social media, I I, I got show I turned on Showtime, got my phone out, and I and I found the commercial and I started recording it, and then I put it I uploaded it to our Twitter account, and I think the next day it was probably the next morning there you saw it and you put it on an HD version of. Of it up on and i can't take credit for that someone else i think rec- i don't know who i found it off of uh, uh youtube yeah and uh someone had recorded it off directly from a tv right and put it on youtube and that night um i saw something on twitter too saying something someone posted like i i was just looking under the hashtag twin peaks and someone said hey i heard there was a promo on tonight if someone can i need to see this and I was digging for it, and I couldn't find it, and I couldn't find it. And I saw what you did, and the next day I saw a nice HD version. I posted that. Now, see, if I wasn't so lazy, I, I have a DVR, a TiVo, and I probably could have figured out a way to record it and then get a nice clean HD version and post yeah. it myself. But it was like I didn't take those extra steps to uh, to do that. Now, wh- now, let's talk about the o- – like, what do you think about it? So – yeah, so it's 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 old footage. Yeah, it's it's uh, the red room footage, little man from another place, and yeah, so it's it's about fifteen seconds long, 
and uh, there isn't anything new. It's just old footage. So the question is, why? And they didn't give a date. They didn't give like a release date or anything like that. No. The question is, why would they be putting that up when we, it, it most likely is going to be at least a year before it's the new teaser? Series? And it, it, in right. this day and age, I feel like we're getting teasers for anything a whole year out. Uh, we've gotten teasers for Star Wars one whole year before it comes out. So I kind of feel like this is kind of like the society we live in now where we're getting teasers a year out. Yeah. And I kind of feel like it was the culmination of everything the diehard fans love about Twin yeah. Peaks. It was the mystery stuff. Right. Like, like it just that's what people were drawn. I was drawn to Twin Peaks by the Red Room, and a lot of people were. And I, I think you see those things. It was like it works off your nostalgia. Yeah, it's kind of like it hits on your nostalgia. And there's nothing better than the Red yeah, Room. I mean, yeah. Right? So I also think that they might be a way of really promoting reruns of Twin Peaks. And I say this for a I couple. Think so. Re- yeah. Interesting. So, so they've already said they're going to rerun. I don't know if they're going to rerun it week by week. You know, there's about 30 episodes of Twin Peaks, 29. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to do every week. They're going to do one episode or how they're going to do it. But the other thing is that recently CBS and Showtime um, made a deal with Amazon Prime Streaming. And they're going to have the rights to a lot of the CBS Showtime programs up through 2018, including Twin Peaks. So in Mm. some ways... They're promoting old footage, and maybe that that you know, maybe in a way it's marketing to when they do when it does officially come out that you can watch it on Amazon. I, I think it might even be on Amazon right now. I'm right not, now it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix right now. Maybe Hulu. It's definitely on a few other place, other devices. Yeah. But this the deal they just it was only maybe a week or so ago that they made with Amazon that through 2018. So. I don't know. I I definitely think you're right. It's a teaser in the sense that hey, it's coming at some point. Yeah. But I also think it's it's maybe to tease you the know, reruns. You know, it could be a, a theory that we could get a marathon of season one and two before the new show. Right. I mean, if you look on AMC or any other major network where they're having a big, like the new season of this show is coming out, so we're going to give you a marathon when Walking Dead starts. They'll usually do an entire yeah. season marathon, so they could. Showtime could be like, st- like say uh, Twin Peaks premieres Sunday night. Well, from Friday to Saturday, we're gonna do a marathon right. of Twin Peaks. That could be a possibility. That'd be really cool too. And I still think they should do something like they did with the Log Lady intros. Yeah. Where you, I mean, if you don't have those kind of like intros, you have some kind of like, like ten second interviews with a cast member or something yeah. kind of to hype you up to kind of to make you want to go watch those reruns on Showtime again, just because oh, there's gonna be a clip of David Lynch talking about Twin Peaks or something. You yep. Know? Yep. I but, agree. Yeah. So we probably should get on with the show. Yes. The Twin Peaks Festival. This festival, the UK festival was just this past weekend. Yep, and uh, hey, I'm jealous because I really wish we were there. Ben. Yeah, it I know. looks so cool. We got to save our money somehow, right? It'd be, it would be something. Uh, One yeah. of us has got to go next year. Um, yeah, it was, it was both of us are gonna go. Ben. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just me. I'm the only one going. So yeah, it was October 3rd and 4th that uh, that it was. So Brian, throughout the show, we're gonna have some clips from the UK Fest. And I thought the first one we should do would be uh, Machen Amick, who, uh, a.k.a. she played Shelly on the Twin Peaks. Oh, cool. Yeah, and she'll share a little bit about her role when she uh, the, the, getting the role on Twin Peaks. And, uh, be, yeah, and when we come back, we'll have uh, Andreas. Uh, he's uh, write, written a new book, uh, TV Peaks, and we'll ha- talk to him about that. And he was at the fest. And, uh, yeah, it should be good. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> um, I... I had just moved to Los Angeles 
I had made a deal with my parents at 16 that if I couldn't um, pay my own bills within a year, I would go home and finish school and figure something else out. So I was really driven. <laughs> and thank goodness I got Twin Peaks within that year, the very end of that year. Um, I had only done a small part on Star Trek and then the pilot to Baywatch. <laughs> My career could have gone two different ways. <laughs> Thankfully, David steered me in this direction, <laughs> which I thank him for and I also blame him for, but that's okay. Um, so when I got the opportunity to meet him, I knew that it was going to be something special because uh, I knew David from Dune. I think that's all. Or me and who about it? And I just thought, oh, okay, this is either going to be really good or really bad and bomb. Like, people aren't going to get it. You know, like, it'll be creative, but the masses won't understand it. It'll, you know, fizzle out. And thank goodness the even against the network's uh, superior thinking, the audience was ready for intelligent television, artistic television. They wanted to see something that was outside of the box. And that's what um, I was lucky enough to be a part of. We're here with Andreas Hasgall. He is a film and television scholar and author of TV Peaks. Hi, Andreas. Hi. How you doing? So you just you just were at the Twin Peaks UK Fest. How did that go? Yeah, I, I thought it was a very neat festival. I, it was very professionally done. I loved the venue, and uh, it's always nice to meet different uh, members of the same kind of family or community or whatever you call it. So I, and I thought it was a very cool festival, and uh, it was especially nice for me to meet Al Strobel and Sherilyn Fenn because I talked to them uh, in connection to the book. So um, that was nice for me too. And, and of course, to see the deleted scene from Blue Velvet and whatever else was there. Oh, nice! I didn't, I didn't, I forgot about the screenings. They showed some movies, and uh, awesome. was that that was from the Blu-ray that they probably showed uh, the deleted scenes, or? Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, they did different things. I mean, um, of course, I suppose the reenactment of the of the murder of Laura Palmer. Yeah, the train car looked. I mean, I saw a picture yeah, the train of it. Car thing, yeah. I suppose that was the one of the main attractions, apart from, of course, the Q and A section. Uh, and then there was, well, Cheryl Lee was supposed to do a reading from the diary uh, before the screening of the Fire Walk With Me uh, movie. But, um, well, she had good reason to cancel because yes. she was taping for the, or doing recordings for the new show, right? So, uh, yeah. so she wasn't there. I, I guess we can give her a pass. That's understandable. <laughs> so this is, I imagine this is your first year attending the UK Fest? Yes, it, it was. I mean, I've been to different kind of conferences and, and also an academic conference in Salford uh, this year, but I've never been to one of the conventions in the U.S. or the U.K., and this was this was my first time attending. It was much more casual than I had thought. Uh, I, I really liked it. No, oh, nice. And I, I think there was, there, was a, there was a Catherine Coulson tribute. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that at, at the fest? Yes, it was at the very beginning. So, I, in fact, I wasn't there just yet. It was while Lindsay was an, uh, announcing some stuff, and then they did this memoriam. 
uh, but it was just before I came in. I, I came in with a flight just, you know, one after uh, one hour after it started. So mm. I didn't didn't make it to the opening speech in that memoriam thing. And um, yeah, and you did get to, I mean, you, you had mentioned, uh, I think, uh, on uh, Facebook that you actually got to talk with uh, Catherine Coulson on the phone, and I, I imagine that's related to your book? Yes, yes, it is. I mean, um, it, it goes back to, in March, I did an interview with her. Uh, I'd done a, a lot of interviews last year, uh, and because it's sort of a book that has been under, under its way for almost uh, one and a half years or something like it. And so I started doing interviews last year, and then it started sort of small with only a few interviews, but then it sort of snowballed from there, and, and I started interviewing different people, not only cast and crew members, but also a lot of different TV scholars and people who are doing other television series because, it, because it's just as much about modern television drama in general as it is about Twin Peaks in particular. And that was how I got into talking with Catherine Coulson because she, uh, I didn't know how, how to get in touch with her and I didn't know how to get in touch with her publicist or anything. So, mm. But I got in touch with her through other cast and crew members. And then I talked with her in March and she was very genuine and, and very insightful. Uh, I loved talking to her. And so I talked to her also a couple of months ago just to make sure that I quoted her correctly and that she would accept everything and then... Uh, I didn't even know she was ill, so mm. I was saddened or devastated like anyone in yeah, the Twin Peaks family. Brian and I had uh, had had the opportunity in July to actually uh, speak with her yeah. uh, for the show, so we did an interview with her. It was right after the the United States uh, festival and stuff. Yeah, and we had no idea she was ill either. I mean, she was so generous with her time, and yeah, it was yeah. It became a surprise. I had that same experience that she seemed very generous to me too, and. Um, so yeah, so your book is TV Peaks, Twin Peaks and the Modern Television Drama. Can you share with us, maybe even compare it to other books? Like, what is this book about? And it comes out. Oh, and it comes out November 9th for the United States. But tell us a little bit about the oh, book. Well, it, it's um, it's I've I've made a Danish book a couple of years ago, back in 2010-11. I made a book about American television drama, about this current wave of quality television or whatever you call it. And so I, I wanted to sort of dig into or, or explore how much Twin Peaks has actually, in, has actually influenced what's going on right now and, mm. and what it has done to influence modern-day television drama. Because everyone, I suppose, almost everyone at least, would agree that Twin Peaks has been very influential. So I Definitely. sort of investigate how has it been influential, what has mm. it actually done, uh, and with scholars and fans and cast and crew members and, and television makers of today, would they agree upon this uh, being a very influential show? Or, or was it just, you know, ahead of its time and sort of, um, or was it sort of a limbo show that came, you know, matter out of form? A network show that wasn't really a classic network show and that sort of preceded whatever else is going on ever mm. since The Sopranos. Yeah. So I was I wanted to investigate that and to go into that and so I started interviewing different people who of course people who make television shows here in Scandinavia and people who make it in in the US so it's specifically about modern American and Scandinavian television drama. And then of course a lot of those who made uh, Twin Peaks. And I I don't come to any very concrete uh, conclusion as to the influential part of Twin Peaks but I I think I, I argue mostly 
that Twin Peaks sort of mirrored some of the changes that were in fact just happening in the in the industry because many of the changes were structural more than they were actually you know related to any one show that that America was sort of gearing up for cable television and mm. that cable television is totally different from network based television. Sure, and, and so. Yeah, I was just going to say, so is there, is there some other TV shows that you reference? And how, yeah. Yes, I, yeah, I talk about a lot of, uh, of the modern television shows, of course. I mean, Breaking Bad and The Sopranos and, and Mad Men. And I sort of, it's sort of a television historical book, so it goes through what has happened since the original Twin Peaks came out in 1990 and then uh, on to what's happening right now with The Affair and and True Detective and all yeah. those shows. And and Twin Peaks, I mean, many shows have been, you know that, right? Everyone knows it, I suppose, in the Twin Peaks community, that uh, a lot of shows have been called Peaksy or mm. Peaks-like. Yeah. There haven't really been that many shows that actually have that same feel. Twin Peaks still, by sure. standards, I think, it's pretty unique in a way. Definitely. I mean, I, I you know, I watched True Detectives and this new se- this past season. I thought, oh, it's gonna be so Twin Peaks, and there's like a little bit of it, but it yeah. wasn't there. I mean, it's 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 its own show, but it, yeah, there's nothing quite like Twin Peaks. It's a mystery. Yeah. There's no mystery. Yeah, and it, 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 it you can't yeah. get that same kind of odd thing that David Lynch can do. He can yeah. do odd, but he he always does it for he does it for a reason. I mean, it does not just odd for being sake odd, of odd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever people start uh, copying it, and and there's a, a Danish director who's done that episode from the new True Detective. He's called Janos Metz. Hmm. Did that episode three from the new season that opens in the dream, the chorus dream sequence, uh, that looks as if it's almost you know copying a David Lynch movie or Twin Peaks, where we see the and there's this. Elvis impressionist yeah. Yeah, yeah. from the rose, right? right? And it looks almost like blue velvet with that Roy Orbison scene yeah. in Dreams or whatever, right? Right. Um, but, but it, yes, at the very moment you start doing that, it kind of looks like copying David Lynch. Right. It, it doesn't retain the exact same, very unique uh, way that he c- combines different moves, moods and genres. He does that in, in such a unique way that it's not really ironic what he does, but it's, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, actually, because he, he does something that at one point it seems slightly ironic, but mm. at the same time it seems deeply honest and sincere in True. a way that almost is naive at times. Yeah. Uh, you can't really copy it without it seeming like just plagiarism. But then you can borrow some of the elements, like you can mix different genres and that's what many do in a way that sort of seems like Twin Peaks. You mix elements from soap opera and detective mm. fiction for example. Or you can, you know, have transgressive content a lot a lot of series today, at least cable based series have that. And I mean episode fourteen of the original Twin Peaks, to imagine that had having been a part of network television to me is pretty outrageous. Yeah. yeah. But, no, so just in case, just so you know, Brian uh, Brian is new to Twin Peaks and he has seen 14. Where yep. That's kind of where we are right now. So he knows who killed Laura Palmer. He has no idea about how the show series ends. He no. has no idea how the movie, he doesn't know anything about Firewalk with me at all. Yeah, he, yeah. He, so it's all so new he, to me. It's all new to me. 
you're in for a treat. I mean, yeah. the ending of Twin Peaks, it's still by far the most outrageous ending to any show that yeah. I've ever seen. I think, I mean, even, you know, a show like Breaking Bad, which is pretty interesting and it's yeah. very good stylistically, I think that's also something Twin Peaks really did. It was it was cinematic in many different ways, the use of sound, the mm. use of wide lenses, long takes, a lot of different things. But And Breaking Bad is like that, but at the same time, Breaking Bad... Breaking Bad it's, it really ends when it ends. It's sort of... Yeah. Hmm. Um, Twin Peaks is... <laughs> I mean, it's so open-ended and so strange the way the second season ended, and I know there might be different reasons for that, but mm. to me, that ending was just so perfect. Yeah, for me, it's it kind of... It's been haunting in some ways for 25 years. I mean, I think there's so much discussion about the show because of how it ended in some ways. I I'm mean, excited it, to get yeah. to that point. Yeah, it's going to we'll be a while. There. We'll get there, maybe. <laughs> in the next year or so, we'll get there. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to pitch it, so um, why would somebody want to get your book? I mean, there's so many different Twin Peaks books out there. Yeah. You want to share with us what makes yours so different from maybe other ones? Yeah, well, um, there are some really good books out there, and I, uh, I mean... If you want to get the most comprehensive interview book, you should get Brad Duke's Reflections. I oh, mean, yeah. that's the most comprehensive interview book, and that is exactly what it is. It's, you know, a patchwork of different interviews, as comprehensive as an interview can, uh, book can be. I mm. mean, so but that's very different from my book because it, it, Brad Dukes does not, you know, have his own hypothesis that he develops throughout the book. It's not True. an academic book in that sense. Yep. It's really a collection of interviews, but as such, it's the greatest book that you can get in that sense, I suppose. Uh, so mine is, in a way, though it includes different interviews, uh, it's more similar to, like, Full of Secrets by David Lavery. Great book. Although, really good. Yeah, I love Full of Secrets, and David Lavery has also been interviewed for my book. I absolutely love David Lavery. Great. But, I mean, his his book, again, is an anthology, so it's... Mm. it's, it's as its critical uh, collection of essays, and some of the essays are, you know, ingenious, I think. And mm. then some of them are, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's the true. anthology goes, right? Yeah. Uh, go. it, it's, it's kind of, um, it's a mixture of different readings of the show. Sure. Mm, so mine is more TV historical than Larry's book. Uh, and it includes uh, an entire chapter on the fan community. I've also interviewed different fans and done a survey among the fans. So, um, and it includes fan art as well as, uh, you know, Richard Beamer and Richard Hoover photos in the book. So it has sort of, um, it's both, it looks at Twin Peaks in terms of what's happening now in television history, but also in terms of uh, the well, how fandom has changed. And I think also the way that fans have connected with Twin Peaks and are still connecting with it, uh, apart from, say, Star Trek, that was pretty new hmm. when Twin Peaks came along, that fans would, you know, and I was even one, one of them, right? We would have VCRs and, and, <laughs> and using our VHS tapes and, oh, yeah. you know, watch it almost religiously back, right? Definitely. Even some would, you know, know it almost frame by frame. Yep. Um, and you can even do frame by frame, really, in, in VHS, but yeah, as close yeah. as we could get. And, uh, yeah. Close, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, not frame by frame, but almost. I mean, almost. people would watch it uh, back religiously, have those yeah. kind of worn down VHS tapes, yeah. right? I had so, it. <laughs> so I think that the, the, the fact that my book looks at the TV historical side of Twin Peaks and also at the fandom 
makes it different from uh, David Lavery's book. Uh, but uh, the fact that it has its own academic point makes it uh, very different from, say, Brad Duke's book, which mm. is a collection of interviews. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to get it. And for like for the United States, it comes out November 9th. Nice. And um, I, where, do you know what is it, other places it may be coming? I think it feels like it comes out in October, maybe in Denmark or... It's already out in Denmark okay. and in Scandinavia in general, uh, but I think that in, it, it's supposed to come out this week in Britain. Ah, very good. I don't know why the distributors. Uh, it, it takes somewhat longer to get it distributed in the U.S. Yeah. So before we only we're, we're kind of running out of time, but before we go, we have a friend uh, of the show, Joel Bacco, who does his own Twin Peaks uh, video essays, and you do the, yeah. something like that as well. For is it sixteen by nine website? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sixteen oh, nice. nine, yeah, or sixteen by nine. You yeah. can call it both, I suppose. Yeah, and um, an online, uh, it's a, an academic or scholarly journal. It's nonprofit, but and it's sort of connected to Aarhus University which is one of the major universities here in, in Denmark. And we do video essays apart from different kind of articles, of course, too. Yeah, I've done a few on David Lynch, specifically connected to the sound, because mm. that was what I wanted to say before I didn't get to say, but that my book about Twin Peaks, it comes out of, a, I mean, that goes for everyone who does anything about Twin Peaks, I think comes out of a long-lasting love relationship with David Lynch and Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I did a, a monograph on David Lynch in Denmark a couple of years ago that was pretty well-received, hmm. Paradox, but it's a Danish book. And so I wanted to go deeper into Twin Peaks because, I mean, I was only 9 and 10 years old when it started airing in Denmark in November of 1990. I was oh, wow. 9 years old, and then I was 10 when the second season came along. Boy, so you were really exposed to a lot. I mean, I, I was I was fifteen. I was fifteen in nineteen ninety, and I always think, was wow. I too young for the the killing of Maddie and stuff of like that? Or uh, I was <laughs> clearly too young, but I had no idea what it was. I mean, it just came on the biggest network in Denmark, and I don't think anybody knew what 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 it was because what were I mean, we were used to Dallas and Dynasty and yeah, like wow. that. So what was this? Right, something completely different. <laughs> And something else. Well, it was great talking with you, Andreas, and uh, we. I look forward to the book yeah, here in the states here. on in November 9th. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, th yeah, thank you for talking with me. It was nice talking to you too. Thank you, thank you. Hey, neighbors, welcome to the Double R Club. Yes, the Double R Club. The woods are wondrous. Of Benjamin Lush on the phone. Lush, did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. I, he is the co-creator and host of the Double R Club. Hi, Benjamin. Hello. How are you? Good. So, yeah. For people who don't know, tell me what is the Double R Club? Well, the Double R Club is a is a monthly club of cabaret and burlesque acts. Uh, all based or inspired directly or indirectly by the uh, worlds of David Lynch. So we do Twin Peaks, and uh, but we cover uh, pretty much everything that Lynch does. Cool. And, and your your wife Rose Thorne and your, yourself created this what, like six years ago or so. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Rose was.
was a burlesque performer at the time, so I'd been kind of brought into the world of cabaret as a kind of, I was a burlesque widower, we used to mm. call ourselves. Uh, and I, we just started to get this idea that maybe, because a lot of burlesque and cabaret is sort of jazz hands, wall-to-wall kind of whimsy. And we're not exactly those kind of people, so we we just started to think, would it work uh, if it wasn't like that? If it was a bit darker, yeah. uh, put people on edge a little bit, just a bit stranger. And it seemed like David Lynch was the perfect kind of catalyst around mm. which to build something like that. And were you both fans of David Lynch? We were, yeah, yeah, yeah and had been for many, many years, yeah. And you know, I, 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 I haven't been able to see it yet. I mean, because I, I've never been to the UK, but I see video of it, and I really feel like it's a David Lynch dream. I mean, it's, yes. a, it's, it really is amazing <laughs> stuff that you guys are doing. I mean, it's, oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's odd. It's, 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 I mean, it's everything I love about David Lynch that it's, it's, it's sometimes bizarre. It's sometimes frightening. It's, it's twisted, and and it, it's just so good. I mean, I'm, I'm so impressed with, with, with the show, and. Uh, Gosh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just. I was we want to go. I, we want to go. I know. I was like, I've never been to the UK, and like seeing, just seeing the video of your your guys' work makes me want to go to the UK just to see your your guys' performance. It's like unbelievable stuff. Um, how do you guys even come up with it? I mean, like, is it new stuff like every month, or is it? I mean, how do you guys put this together? No, we, we have some acts that um, we we rebook after a certain period of time, um, but a lot of the acts come to us with ideas or approach an act and say we like what you do but it doesn't fit exactly because I mean we kind of painted ourselves in a corner because it's pretty niche hmm. we didn't want it to be too niche I mean it's not strict to Lynch it, if, yeah. it, if it's Lynchian you know if it's <laughs> third or dark or nightmarish but not in a kind of gothic way yeah then we'll kind of look at it and say well maybe this music and kind of suggest stuff and we work with a lot of performers uh, yeah, it's pretty much it's a different show every month. Yeah, and, and uh, I, uh, I, I, the way I host it is, um, I write each act uh, roughly two hundred words intro. Sometimes it rhymes, sometimes it's a little story, and it, it we make it kind of the whole thing a more kind of cohesive theatrical thing. Yeah, yeah, you're really interesting as the host. I mean, from what I see, because you're strange, but then you bring poems, and then sometimes you lip sync other songs. I mean, it's a really interesting thing that you do. Yeah, I start every every month with a different lip sync song with the uh, with the lamp, like Ben in yeah. Velvet. Cool. That's I have done in dreams a number of times, but I do all sorts of different uh, different songs. Usually an older song, sometimes a Lynch song. Yeah, so it, it kind of sets the scene. You know, we have a complete blackout. The light goes on, and the you know the dream can commence. Something. That's so cool. I think maybe five years ago, uh, Lindsay Bowman was thinking of putting together a Twin Peaks fest, and it was you guys that came to her to say, "Hey, that's th- right, it'd be yeah. a good fit." Yeah, we heard that there was a festival. We were, and we you know we would have gone as fans, but we thought you know we've started this thing. So we approached her and said, would you be interested in having uh, kind of a performance uh, part uh, of the festival? And she was interested. She met with us. And, and it's just we've kind of she's never been able to shake us off ever since. <laughs> and you guys are the perfect fit. I mean, I, I, I mean, until I researched it, I thought you guys just always were together. I mean, you guys, well, you have been always together. But it just seems like you're one co- cohesive thing. I mean, it's, it's wonderful that you're doing this. Uh, yeah, it all, it all fits together nicely, yeah. And I have you done like your, for for the fest that was just past weekend? You guys had a few like acts that you performed. 
Yeah, we had we had we did a we did a like a, a small cabaret show of a, of several acts on each day, but uh, also on each day, uh, Lindsay's team had built this amazing uh, recreation of Glastonbury Grove and the abandoned train car, mm. and. Um, and we uh, eleven times over over two days, myself uh, and uh, three other performers recreated the death of Laura Palmer in the wow. car. Man, That's something. Yeah, I, I saw some pictures of it. It was outside, and it looked really good. It was amazing, it's, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and I saw some video of of a character who had fire and. I, it was and and had a woman and was that that was part of your guys' work? I mean, he would like yes. he would like swallow the fire and she would fall and swallow the fire. It was like it was unbelievable. It was qu- quite impressive. It was on the on the first day we ended the show with uh, an actor, two performers, Heavy Metal Pete and Snake Fervor. <laughs> he plays the part of Killer Bob. She played the part of Ronette because she's a brunette. <laughs> and we kind of reimagined their kind of back and forth as a fire act. Yeah, but wow. they're both fire performers. But what was amazing about the act is she's tied up for most of it, so he's holding the fire rods for her to swallow. So the trust between those two performers is astonishing. But it's a very uncomfortable act to watch. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, I, I've just been so impressed with with you guys' work and um, and Brulee. I, I actually reached out to her and asked her if we could play some of the sycamore trees. Uh, he's the, astonishing. Un- astonishing. Yeah. yeah. So we that's our theme song for our show and so I, I reached out to her and she said we could uh, play it at the beginning and and yeah I mean I'm so, so impressed with what you guys are doing and uh, yeah, we love it yeah what's really lovely is because we started and we thought we thought you know we'll probably do it for four times maybe and then the amount of people that are interested will be so few that we'll just kind of yeah, just stop that it was good while it lasted but it's just it's just just gained momentum and it's really surprising how many performers you meet i mean doing other shows mm-hmm. who say i'm a huge twin peaks fan em brulee is a huge twin peaks fan and mm-hmm. a lynch uh, in general a lynch fan yeah so many of them are it's just lovely to find those people and sort of tap into because a lot of these people couldn't do their twin peaks acts any in any other show because yeah. People would be like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I know he's killer. What? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. But because now, because we're us, they can fit it in there. Nice. Now your next show is it October fifteenth? Is your next show that you guys are going to be performing? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, for people who might want to go see it, is there a preview? Is there something you can share with us about that show? Uh, ooh. Uh, let me see. Who do we have? We have, well, we have Eliza Delight, who was performing at the festival. She's she's uh, created an all new act because turns out again she's another one. We knew her, and then we found out she was a huge Twin Peaks fan. So she's you, there are some photographs out there um, of this girl, this dark haired girl in this amazing dress that's all chevrons. Mm, it nice. kind of fades to red as it goes down, and her her act is all based around uh, the obsession in Twin Peaks with coffee. Awesome. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Now, if you know, the Chevron is the floor of yes. the red room and yep. stuff. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what, what is it? so? I, I, if you don't mind me asking about you, you actually got to meet you and Rose got to meet Catherine Coulson. Uh, we did, yes, yes. At previous uh, festivals and stuff. A number of years ago, yeah. She she was one of the guests, and she was just so amazing. I mean, I have to say, all the all the cast members we've met have been lovely. I mean, 
It's like I was, I was joking after last year when we met Cheryl Lee and, and Dana Ashbrook. I was joking. I said, look, I'm a bit of an arsehole now. If I was famous, <laughs> I'd be a real arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. They are all so lovely. Oh, that's awesome. So nice. And, uh, yeah, but Catherine Coulson, we had, that year we had uh, a performer called Tallulah Mockingbird who did a burlesque strip as the log lady. Mm, and our, awesome. uh, Catherine saw it. And she came up to Tallulah afterwards, and she said, I just thought I had to come over and tell you, you have lovely breasts. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's too funny. And I think a while ago, you actually, with your poems, you actually read like a log lady poem and stuff like that. I did, yeah, I did that at the festival. It was one I'd written a couple of months ago. Um, uh, you know, and then, then she died, and it just seemed like, yeah, I, you know, I should read it out at the festival. Well, that's really nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have it now, or if that's something you can do, or you can share a, like an idea of what. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Let's see. Let's try not to trip over my words. <clears throat> yeah, it was an introduction to uh, another performer's log lady themed act. So, <clears throat> the log lady is the matriarch of the mysteries of Twin Peaks, striding strangely through its tragedy and the horrors that it wreaks. Dismissed as an eccentric, is she insane or merely cunning? Her answer to those questions? Wait for tea, the fish aren't running. The log itself says nothing, is inscrutable, unspeaking. Did it truly have the wisdom, have the answers we were seeking? Did the log kill Laura Palmer? Was it the font of all this fright? Was it kill a log, not kill a bob? Or was its bark worse than its bite? Is the log lady filled with secrets? Is she not so law-abiding? Does she know more than she's letting on? Just what can she be hiding? If her layers now were peeled away, whatever would we see? Would we glimpse terror, fire, murders, or a poem lovely as a tree? Wow. wow! Wow! That was awesome. That was amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I, you guys posted it on on Facebook on your Facebook page, uh, the Double R Club. Yes. And I read it, but nothing beats you speaking that. I, I mean, know. that was I like it took, my, it took my breath away. I yeah. mean, it was something else. Thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, it's something I've kind of done uh, as for my introductions as we've gone along, and it's I've kind of collected a little collection of like Twin Peaks and other kind of strange poems, which I kind of, I actually put in a uh, in a book that we sell at the club. Hmm. Kind of collection of like funny little things like that. Nice. Wow. And you, you don't sell that on, on the website or anything yet, do you? Is it, is uh, most... Yes, we, that actually, yeah, that is on, uh, it's on our Big Cartel page. Oh, very good. our club, Big Cartel page. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we're running out of time, but I, we really yeah. appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, not at all. It's so exciting, and it definitely, I mean, that's it, when we finally get to one of these festivals, that's going to be the highlight to be able to see the Double R Club, to be able to... Uh, come over and say hello. Yes, I will. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate your time. And we'll be right back after this. When you have David cast me from uh, a photograph, he didn't audition me or any of the things that you're supposed to do. And then <laughs> when I... When I uh, First arrived on set, I didn't have any lines. And uh, he said, oh, oh, he, uh, he asked his secretary to go get his little black notebook where he had handwritten some stuff. And uh, he brought it to me and uh, had it typed up and uh, gave, gave me this about three pages of dialogue. And uh, 
said, uh, we're going to be ready to shoot in about 10 minutes. <laughs> and that, that was uh, the uh, thing that became actually kind of famous, the uh, through the darkness of future past, <laughs> the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire, walk with me. All right, now we're here with Sean Delenti. He's the bridge school leader and founder of Inclusion for All. Hi, Sean. Hi there. How are you doing? Good. So, yeah, we just had the Twin Peaks Fest. But before we get into uh, hearing about how the festival was for you, I'd love to talk about your background. I mean, uh, one of the things is you, you, you recently just uh, wrote an article for Huffington Post called Fire in a Bottle to Twin Peaks and Back Again. Can you share with it? Or maybe before you even get into that article, do you want to share a little bit about your background and then share about the article? Yes, certainly. I, um, I'm, a, well, I'm, a, I'm a school leader in, in England. I'm a vice principal of an elementary school in London. Um, but I am also uh, a, gay, a gay man, and I walked out of state education in 1987 through years of being bullied for being gay and not fitting in. Um, also for being a, a geek, actually, for being a sci-fi geek, but that's another story. <laughs> that could be a whole other article. Um, and it had a very big impact on me as a younger man. And um, jump forward, oh, 30-odd years, and I'm a school leader in London. Uh, I've kind of dealt with all that in the past, and we do some questionnaires with the children uh, and the young people in the area that show us there's a huge problem with homophobic bullying, homophobic mm. language, and the use of the word gay as a negative term. Mm. And something just goes off in my head, really, and I'm like, do you know what? This, this rubbish nearly ended my life back in 1987. It's now 2009. Mm. Uh, I'm not standing for it. So I, I went at home, sat at home that Christmas, wrote a training program for teachers and for adults, um, and I started delivering that in my own school and in schools in London. Uh, it had a really positive impact, and before you can roll a donut, I was delivering it across the UK, and now I also travel abroad and do it. So um, that's the sort of short story. It's, uh, it's just become a massive, massive project. Um, it's work that I wish I didn't have to do, but it's a real privilege to do it, and uh, increasingly I actually go and stand in school assemblies and talk to young people and tell them my story and tell them they must never give up hope. So you can imagine it's, it's a really inspiring, uplifting journey to be on, but it has some, some tough times as well when people choose to open up to me. Um, it was because of that work that I was asked to blog for the Huffington Post, and um, mm. some of my earlier posts were all around that subject. Uh, then I started to sort of branch out. I wrote one about Doctor Who. Uh, uh, I wrote nice. one about uh, a song called Small Town Boy by Bronski Beat and its impact. And then... Um, I just had to write about Twin Peaks. I just couldn't stay <laughs> off any longer. Um, now seemed like a perfect time to do it. We've got the festival this, this weekend has just been. Um, and I wanted to write something that coincided with the festival. And I also wanted to write something um, just around entry points to the series because I had a very specific entry point, as, as I know you've seen in the article, yeah. um, which was actually the, the, the tragic murder of one of my schoolmates. Um, Linda Mann, which is actually a very famous case in this country. Hmm. And um, that really drew me to the series in the first place. Um, it also made me quite afraid of the series in the first place. I wasn't sure if I should watch it or not. Yeah. Um, but and I, how I, old were you again when you watched it? You, you watched it when it, when it originally aired? Yes, yeah. I, we, we had it just after you in England. Hmm. Um, it was on BBC Two. I think it was Thursday nights. 
we kind of rode a bit of a wave of hype from, from the States. So there was a lot of build-up, a lot of expectation around it here. And uh, I actually caught, um, I caught a lead-in program the night before that said, you don't want to miss this program, it's going to change television. It's about the murder of a schoolgirl. Uh, which kind of hooked me in but threw me out all at the same time. But in the end, I, I steeled myself, made a good cup of coffee and, and sat and watched it. And, um, and actually, I found, it, I found it really helpful. It was almost like a vindication. You know, Sarah Palmer screaming was kind yeah. of a vindication of, I think, how I and my you know, small town had felt when Linda had been taken from us. Hmm. Um, and from that moment, really, I was hooked. That's awesome. And, you know, I think of Twin Peaks, uh, I think for anybody that's different, I feel like Twin Peaks is a, is like, I don't know, a champion in some way. It, it, it's yeah. a great show. I mean, and I think no matter who you are, I think, I don't know, it's something special about Twin Peaks. It really is. It's, yeah, it's so I think, unique. I mean, I spoke to some people, you know, in preparation for the article, and the word magical and enchanting kept coming up. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's absolutely true, because despite all the, the heinous deeds that occur throughout it, mm. it, 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 paints, it paints all of that within a really rich, warm palette. Um, and, it, and it's almost a safe place in which we can all explore the sort of darker aspects of ourselves and of other people. Um, and, you know, just the, just the, the setting and the beauty uh, and the offsetting of the, the, the darkness of human nature against the beauty of nature, the, you know, the, the, the simplicity of the wind in the trees, the crust on the pie, all of that. I, I just think it, it, it's, it's alluring. It's magical. It's, it's, it's a fairy tale. And like all good fairy tales, it's got that dark edge in which we can explore ourselves. Yeah. I, Sean, I hope you don't mind me asking about this, but uh, Brian and I have been having this discussion. Brian, so just to give you a background, Brian is new to Twin Peaks. Yep. Um, he, he's up to the, he's now found out who killed Laura Palmer. He has not seen the end of the series. He has not seen Firewalk with me. But we he he does go ahead sometimes. So we're we're ahead than than the podcast, and we're t- we're now kind of getting into uh, Denise Bryson and stuff like that. And uh, as an agent, yeah, Agent yep. D- Bryson, uh, who's a transgender character, I believe. What? How do you think? How, what do you think of the portrayal of that character and how Cooper and other characters react to this? Somebody who's just different. That's a really good question. And funnily enough, I was thinking about that on the on the bus home this evening. Hmm. So how funny is that? A bit of synchronicity there. <laughs> I I can I can. Well, it's interesting you said because I can I can sort of look at that from two two angles. First of all, I look at it as how I felt at the time, mm. um, because at the time, I really didn't know much about transgender people at all. Me neither. In fact, I was mm. probably a little bit frightened of mm. the whole thing, because I'd never encountered it. So for me, tra- uh, Twin Peaks and the portrayal of Denise Bryson was actually the first time, I think, I'd seen a portrayal of a transgender character on, on a program that I watched religiously. Yeah. And it was... It was actually um, it was actually a portrayal that, that drew me in that felt sympathetic, mm, felt okay. like it wasn't mocking, um, and I was particularly taken by Cooper's acceptance, yeah, of of Denise Bryan of Dennis, right, um, and uh, that that really stayed with me. Funnily enough, that's always stayed with me. And um, as I you know as I as I moved to London and I did start to meet transgender people, I had to go on my own kind of personal journey with that. So that acceptance and, and that, um, that openness that, that Cooper shows towards Denise in terms of, you know, not, not judging and just mm. accepting that that's the right thing for her. Right. And, it, you know, that, that really stayed with me and it kind of guided some of my 
actions uh, and, and, and opinions towards transgender people. Um, I, it's interesting because I do think when the series comes back, if, if Denise is in it, um, I'm hoping that Lynch and Frost have kind of kept their eye on the portrayal of transgender people in the media because I think we're in a very different place now. Yeah. Um, and there are some very positive and sympathetic um, portrayals of transgender people, particularly there are a lot in England. I can't speak for America, mm. but, I, but I know that there, there have been um, increasingly transgender role models from America kind of appearing in young people's Twitter feeds uh, in hashtag role models. So, so I'm, I'm hoping that Denise will come back and I'm hoping that they build on that really strong foundation of, of respect and sincerity and acceptance that they set back in the 90s. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. something else. So uh, you, you were, this weekend you were at the festival. Tell us about how, how it went. Oh, it was fabulous. You should have been there. It was, <laughs> we wish we, we were, were there. We want to be there, yeah. <laughs> uh, next year, next yeah, year. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we've done, I've done both. I've done the U.S. festivals and I've done the U.K. festival as well. Uh, I think this was about my third or fourth time. Hmm. Um, this year was really exciting, obviously, because it's the 25th anniversary. Yeah. But it was doubly exciting because it was double size. We had it over two days for the first time. Oh, is that yeah. Something? yeah. It was it was a biggie. Uh, it's held in a cinema, which is oh, only about 15 minutes drive from where I live, which is really handy. Um, and it's uh, it's a great space because obviously you've got three screens, I think it is. Uh, you've got breakout areas, and you've got an outside space, all of which was put to really um, very clever use. So, you know, you had a, a VIP area, you had um, an area that was set up to be the Black Lodge, you had um, really comfy signing places where you could also mingle on a more informal basis with the guests. And in London, I don't know if you're aware of this, but and this is another one of the reasons why I wanted to write that article, because... In the last few years, um, Twin Peaks has just become really, really present uh, mm. in England, and particularly in London. Um, you know, not a week goes by when I don't see fashions or tweets or articles or hear of acts or cabarets or theme dining. Oh, wow. Lynchian or related to Twin Peaks. There's been a real momentum to it, even before the series was announced to be coming back. Um, and we have a we have a, a monthly cabaret club called the Double R Club. I don't know if you've heard of them. Well, so we we just interviewed uh, Benjamin Lush. Uh, we 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 got an interview with yeah, him. So yeah. we're we're learning more about the club. It really is uh, fascinating and interesting. And I want to go to UK just to go to <laughs> go to that. <laughs> really need to. You yeah. re it's a, it's an, the the Double R Club are just legends. They. They really have kept the flame alive in some quite dark <laughs> times uh, <laughs> when we thought we'd never see, you know, see Twin Peaks again. Um, and what, what is wonderful about it is, A, it's held in a very appropriate venue. You know, you could be in the Roadhouse. Um, the variety of, the, of acts they get in is, is really quite stunning. Some of them are very out there. Some of them are very mm. dark. And a lot of them are just really rooted in, in Twin Peaks lore. And what's fascinating about that, for me particularly as a long-term fan, is going to that venue, sitting there uh, in a part of London, which is actually really quite cool, really quite trendy, surrounded by people a lot younger than me who can sit and recite dialogue news <laughs> in Twin Peaks from the yeah. series that I fell in love with when I was in my 20s. And that, to me, is just exciting, it's brilliant, and, and, and through seeing that, that kind of showed me that there was a thirst for Twin Peaks to come back. So when it was announced, in a way, I wasn't as surprised, because I see it on 
two seasons. But. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> 25 years later, and it's still um, amazing how popular it is. And yeah. Probably my favorite picture uh, that I see on, on Twitter of you is with Sh- Sherilyn Fenn and uh, Machen Amick. Uh. <laughs> you know, they're both ho- basically hugging you, and it's it's such a great photo. It's an awesome photo. Very <laughs> jealous. It is, but you know, they said Abba would never reform, and so there you have it. <laughs> yes, oh, that's an awesome, fo- uh, awesome picture. I saw some of your pictures over the weekend too. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was very lucky to meet. Um, I always want to call him Matchkin because David Lynch does that, and, right. and they that's how they say it on the DVD. So yeah. I'm always terrified I'm going to call her Madgekin to her face and, and <laughs> offend her. Um, I met Machin a couple of years ago when she came to the festival and I had a real moment this year because the last time she was here, she was asked directly the question, do you think Twin Peaks will come back? Hmm. And we all kind of shifted in our seats and sat, sat up and she said, absolutely not, no. Isn't that something? I don't, I don't think it would work and I don't think it would should. And you could, you know, you could just feel your heart... Uh. Jump forward to this weekend, and she sat there talking about it, and it's alive. And it was just such a wonderful experience to have been on our journey. And I have to say, there was such a positivity in that room from all cast members. Obviously, they've signed non-disclosure agreements. Obviously, they don't want to spoil it. Yeah. At the same time, there was a real positivity towards the show and a real positivity towards its return. And what I was really pleased about was the emphasis that was placed not just upon David Lynch, but also upon Mark Frost. And I think it was Machen who said, you need to, you need to really remember the, the, the part that Mark Frost has played in this, because mm. in her words, he came to David Lynch and went, look, I've been thinking about this, about coming back 25 years later, I've been looking at storylines, plots, I've got these ideas, let's go for it. So uh, it was really good to hear Mark Frost being celebrated as well at that event. Um, I don't think that happens enough. I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think that, yeah, the combination between both Lynch and Frost, I mean, Lynch is very abstract, but you need that. You need yeah. Frost who is very structured and he, he plans things out. And I, the thing I like best is like you have something like the Red Room, which is very abstract, and you take Frost who says, okay, I'm going to put meaning in and make it into a mystery and, you know, kind of sprinkle out these ideas throughout the series. Yeah. He's wonderful. I, I'm so glad. Great I mean, team. I'm yeah. so glad that they're working together on the new series. Yeah. And uh, you were you were you were very close to Sherilyn Fenn. Any chance you got any sense if if she might come back to the the new series? Oh gosh, she'd never speak to me again if I let slip on that. <laughs> oh. I will. All, all I can say, all I can say is that there was a very positive vibe. Yeah. Asked about the new series. I, I will. I will say no more about that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's She's coming back as another cousin. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's that would be a, that would be a, right. Laura Palmer there. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So Sean, I we have to go. But uh, do you any, anything else you want to share with us before we go? Uh, no, I just want to say it's a real pleasure to talk to you, and, and thank you for taking such an interest in my work as well. And um, yeah, just uh, keep up the good work. And let's chat again when we've got some new episodes to watch. That would be really fun. I would love that. Awesome. I think that would be yes. awesome. And, and do you do you want to plug your website and, and where the people can find you? Yeah, please do. So um, you can follow me on Twitter. So I'm at Sean Delenti. Uh, you can f- come and join me on Facebook. Uh, if you just search for Inclusion for All, Sean Delenti, you'll find me. And the website is www.inclusionforall.co.uk. And if you do a new search on Sean Delenti, Twin Peaks, right now, you'll find my article on the Huffington Post 
which is the first, I hope, of, of a few around Twin Peaks over the next couple of years. So do watch out for them. Great. Thanks a lot, Sean. Take yeah, care. Thank you. We'll be right back after this. Take care, and I'm going to tweet you a photograph in a minute. I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Take care. See you in the trees. Bye-bye. I can't really top that. I'm, I'm in a different... So I worked with David on a daily basis for almost a year. Um, Blue Velvet is when after, after it was all done, and the lyrics were written on a little tiny napkin, and David was to find uh, a singer, and um, I found about six singers for Angelo. I hadn't met David yet. I, I'd seen Eraserhead, so I didn't take any of this seriously. I, I knew that Isabella was afraid to sing, and I thought I was doing maybe her voice and maybe not. You never really get a straight answer from Angelo Badalamenti. So, um, <laughs> or Dave, yes, everything's in code. And um, uh, I didn't think, I mean, I already had an album out that was really embraced by Europe, especially the UK first. And um, I read Northwest Passage, the working title, and I mean, I really, I just, I was, it was steering me off a path that I didn't want to take. And that was, I'm a character actress, and I'm funny, and sing big, and I did not want anyone to see me be beautiful. No way. And he urged that coach, that, just, that out of me. And the last thing I said before I was let loose, because he was doing wild at heart, um, so, you know, I said, what now? What now do I do? What now do I do? Because I'm not like I sing. And uh, he said, yes, you are. And we'd go on the trailer and meditate for 20 minutes and then come back out and nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> I really didn't know what was going on, which was the, for the best. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to take this for a ride and it last long. Well, it has. And that's a good thing. And uh, I think, although I was a star in my mind when I was three, so, uh, but I don't think I'd become a worldwide name without David Lynch and Twin Peaks. So now we have Ben L. Maiden. He is the host of Entertainment Zone. And uh, hi, Ben. Hi guys, great to speak to you. Great talking to you. So this past weekend, uh, you got to go to the Twin Peaks UK Fest. How was it? Oh guys, I've got to say, it was just such an amazing experience. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of uh, Twin Peaks, uh, and this was actually my first time attending the the UK Fest. Nice. Uh, and what what a time to go, you know. Um, We've, obviously there's the 25th anniversary we've got the new season coming um, so it's a great time to be a fan uh, and attending this fest was, was just a real joy there, there was so much Twin Peaks and David Lynch themed stuff going mm. on uh, obviously meeting the cast was great and having the pleasure to interact with other fans uh, and make a lot of new friends uh, it was just an amazing weekend and highly recommended for anyone who could make it Awesome. What was what was the highlight? What was like probably the favorite part of the festival for you? Um. Well, for me personally, um, it, it's it was really cool um, meeting the guests. Of course, um, Major Namik was there. 
Sherilyn Fenn, Al Strobel, uh, uh, and I've got to say they were all um, such a pleasure uh, to talk to, and they really made time for everybody, and uh, n- nothing felt forced. It was such a um, nice, relaxed atmosphere that they really, you could see they enjoyed interacting with us, and, you know, I got to ask them a lot of questions, and um I, I've met Sherilyn um, before, so it was nice to kind of have a, a catch up with her, uh, and we had a really uh, nice, intimate talk. And um, yeah, it, it was just very sweet. Um, you know, she's, she's such an amazing person, um, uh, as are all the cast. So, so it was really, for me, it was it was just great having that opportunity just to let them know how much they mean to me, uh, uh, and to you know just ask them some questions and. But, you know, it was also great to see them uh, interact as well. They were asking me stuff that, you know, and, you know, I've got to say Al Strobel as well. Um, He's such a a cool guy. Um, Later on in the evening at the festival, um, a lot of the cast came out whilst we were all mingling and having having drinks and stuff. Uh, And, you know, Al just said to me, he says, you know, I'm just having such a great time here. Uh, Everyone's so welcoming. Uh, And that's the other best thing I can say about the Mm. festival is, um, you know, I went to this on my own the first time uh, and I have literally made friends um, that, you know, I will stay in touch with. Um, That's awesome. F- and from around the world, you know, over here in the UK, um, from the USA, um, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Germany, just just seeing the reach this show has, that in itself was special. It was a very special event. Oh, nice, yeah. So you asked some questions to some of, some of the cast. Can you share with us any of the, like, the answers you got back or what you yeah. asked them? I, okay, <laughs> okay. I, I, I have to be very careful what I say here. Uh, yeah. So... Um, I, I, it's, I think um, it's pretty public knowledge now that um, Al Strobel's confirmed he's on board for the new season. Excellent. Uh, uh, um, I asked Al, and um, he, he said, um, and he repeated this in the Q and A later on at the festival. He said, "Look, I've been reti- retired for twenty years. Um, you know, it, I don't want to do any more work unless David Lynch calls." Mm. And then, hey presto, there was the call, and um, he he. I believe he's going to be filming mainly um, in LA, so I'm presuming it's going to be um, interior red room stuff. He he didn't really confirm that, um, but um, yeah, he's definitely on board um, with Mage. And um, again, um, I, I asked her how filming's went, how filming is going for her because um, she has started, and you know she had to be very coy and um, about what what she could say. But um, she's, you know, she's having a great time so far. Um, I, I, what what I can tell you from Machen, um, I asked her um, if um, she is surprised at the direction that David and Mark are taking Shelley in hmm. uh, 25 years later, and she said she's extremely surprised. Wow. Uh, uh, and she's also told me, um, she said, one thing I promise you is that Twin Peaks was groundbreaking and changed television back then and it's going to do it again now awesome. which which is really cool uh, and then with Sherilyn I have to be careful what I say um uh, so uh when I met Sherilyn previously um she'd kind of um I know there's a lot of um uh, speculation whether Sherilyn's on board right mm. now um when I met Sherilyn a couple of months ago 
she told me something which I, I literally can't repeat. I, I've been sworn to secrecy on that, which would indicate that she is on board. Hmm. Uh, and that, and then obviously when we, we, we had a very personal heart-to-heart talking about our personal lives when we saw each other. Um, but I did say, look, you know, people are worried. You know, we love you. Um, we we want to know, you know, are you on board? Uh, and um, I, I can't tell you what she said. Sure. Um, but what I can say is that I would be very optimistic that she will be back. That's all I can really say. No, oh, excellent. I know I was concerned when when she went blonde because I think I think it, she had said that David Lynch liked her as a brunette. Yeah. So I got a little concerned when. Uh, what? Well, it's it's interesting that you that you mention this because um, again, alluding to the fact whether or she may or may not be back again, I can't confirm anything for you, but. Um, put it this way in the Q&A session uh, on Sunday um, someone um, asked Sherilyn whether Audrey will be blonde in the new season Mm. Um, Machen blurted out uh, well obviously uh, and and, and then um, Sherilyn said after a long pause Sherilyn said well look she says put it this way I've I called David and um uh, and said, look, um, I, I'm thinking of dyeing my hair blonde. I'm, I'm just going to go for it and do it. Uh, and David's response was along the lines of, yeah, that's cool. I can work with that. So That's cool, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I can't really tell you too much. Right. But, um, for, for all the Audrey and Sherilyn fans out there, keep the faith. Thank you, thank you, Ben. <laughs> so there was a, there was a lot of different types of events. There was screenings, and there was the the train car. Did you uh, participate in any of those? Or yeah, I, I mean, ha- having the chance to see, um, I, I watched the pilot, um, the season two finale, um, firewalk with me all on the big screen. That was just amazing seeing nice. it on a huge cinema screen. Great. Uh, great picture, great sound. And I should definitely really... tell you that I want to let you know. I don't know if I shared this with you. Brian has not seen Fire Welcome Day. He has. He's only just discovered Seven, who, kill, yeah. kill, who killed Laura Palmer. And stuff. I'm still in the middle oh, of wow. season two, so he has no idea how it ends. Yeah, he has no. He doesn't know nothing. Completely nothing about Fire Welcome Day. Just, just, just in case you talk about it. I <laughs> oh, oh, make... no, 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 no! I won't go into too much detail. <laughs> what I will say is that I, I, I have seen that film so many times. Oh, yeah. I, I'm really passionate about it, but it just to. To see it on a big screen and with the the cinema sound, it, it, it was just a joy, uh, and and it's funny that you should mention that because um, the, um, in between one of the screenings there, there was um, some people sat behind me and I, and I did hear a girl say, um, "Oh, I don't even know who kills Laurie yet. I've not wow. even got halfway through season two. and I was like, "This is a brave girl going to a two <laughs> festival knowing that." But um, uh, so yeah, it was cool seeing those on the big screen. Um, Blue Velvet was screened as, as well, um, as as well as the missing pieces and deleted scenes from Blue Velvet as well. Nice. Um, the the murder of Laura Palmer by the Double R Club. Um, my gosh, th- those guys are just incredible. I mean, the, the Double R Club put on their own shows at the festival as well. Um, Sword eating, flame eating. Um, burlesque they, they were great but the, the murder was just something else we, we were led outside of the cinema um the genesis where it, it was held uh, and they'd um built the glastonbury grove set so they had like the circle of sycamore trees yeah uh, uh, and then they had the huge um train car that they'd constructed and they took a group of about 40 of us in at a time and wow. um, wow. so we had the we had a back to the wall and, and let me tell you it, it 
it was pitch black in there uh, and um all that it was lit with was like um a, a torch um and some strobe lighting um and they obviously had actors playing bob laura and renette huh. uh, and and it was so atmospheric i mean these guys had to do this four or five times a day across the weekend uh, and they got so into the role it it, it really was effective um, and, and there was so much other cool stuff going on too. Um, the David Lynch Foundation were there um, promoting TM, having screenings of um, their work and um, talking about meditation. Mm. Um, there, there was Twin Peaks artwork um, all around. Um, there was a Mulholland Drive jitterbug class. Now, whilst I um, didn't participate in that, I saw it going on. Um, they looked to have so much fun. Nice. Um, uh, and at the rap party on Sunday, there was um, a donut eating competition, which uh, let's just say there was a lot of laughter going on that <laughs> evening. <laughs> That's something. Wow. It just seemed like a great time. Do you, Is this something you think you'd want to attend again, maybe next year or in the future? Or? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I've been going to Comic-Cons conventions for a lot of years, and this is the first time I've been to the Twin Peaks Fest. Uh, and I've got to say, um, Lindsay Bowden and her team have done a fantastic job. And it really is one of the most intimate um, festivals I've ever been to. It really is one of the best. Um, a, a must for any Twin Peaks fan. Mm. Uh, I, and I don't know um, if Lindsay has told you this, but um, at the end of the um, the festival, both she and Machen announced that... Um, the festival has now actually been licensed by CBS, so it's now going to be the wow. official, the official Twin Peaks UK festival. And um, yeah, I was speaking to Lindsay, and she couldn't go into detail, but she said that they have some pretty cool ideas. And um, I, I, I truly believe, from the sound of things, this is uh, just the beginning. Now that it's going to grow and grow and grow. Isn't that something? Yeah, to be able to be able to be associated with CBS, there's you know there's more. I think the possibilities of bringing more actors, maybe even bringing David Lynch, Mark Frost in. I mean, yes. to be able to be connected with CBS, I think that I think That's yeah, it can only cool. get better. I think for, for sure. Yeah. I I mean, um, someone behind the scenes had said you know they've spoken to people like Kyle in the past, and hmm. if the negotiations can work right. Um, the, there's different factors which I won't go into what was said, um, yeah. uh, and it's not monetary factors at all. Um, th there's different things um, that would need to fall into place, but I, I, it's with CBS behind us now. Yeah, um, I, literally anything could happen, uh, and yeah, um, would David and Mark come? Who knows? But right. um, there's certainly a possibility, and. Yeah, I like that you brought up Kyle because I th I don't believe Kyle ever attended any of the uh, Twin Peaks Fest in the United States. So I mean, that would be something for the he, fan. Um, the um, from what I was told, um, Kyle has said if he came, he wouldn't even um, ask for the appearance fee. Um, I believe all the guests come without one. Um, it, it was the, there was just other stipulations that um, mm. would need to fall into place for it to happen. Um, but um, certainly, yeah, who knows with CBS now, anything could happen. And um, uh, again, with the new season starting, who knows, uh, we could have advanced screenings perhaps or, or new promotional material. You, you know, next year is just going to be such a huge year for the show. Yeah, totally. Uh, do you have a couple more minutes or so to, to I, talk? I, I, I have as long as you need, guys. Yeah, so yeah I would love it's to, really cool. I'd love to ask you, like, how did you first uh, discover uh, Twin Peaks? Wow, um, 
I must admit, I've, um, I'm a fairly new fan to the show. Mm. Um, I, I had um, studied Blue Velvet when I was at university, and that kind of made me fall in love with the world of David Lynch. Um, so I saw a, like Mulholland Drive as well. Uh, and then, like, because uh, I, I was a film student, so, um, uh, and as a writer as well, um, I, I'm very much aware of the influence Twin Peaks has had on the media. Um, mm. And I was just like, this is something I need to sit down uh, and watch. And um, so, yeah, I, I bought the Blu-ray set, actually. Um, so that, that's how new to the show I uh, I am. You know, I was just certainly like aware yeah, of it. It's kind of like what we're doing, because like, uh, I actually, I can't believe I held out, but I held out for the Blu-ray till my birthday getting it. And that was April. So uh, Brian, I saw Brian at my party and I said, you know, we got to do a podcast. And you hadn't, Brian hadn't even seen. You, I you, own the Blu-ray. I haven't right. watched it yet. I was waiting. Right. So that was April. So you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of like in the same, same, same place boat. as Ben here. Yeah. So th- this is so cool to hear because like, yeah, for me, like, um, I should also uh, I, say that I've been I've I've watched it since day one. So I yes. so Brian is new to this. I for twenty five years. I mean I've been I uh, yeah I've watched it. Well, well, <laughs> I watched well, it day I, one. I, I, I should point out, you know, I I was one when the show was cancelled. <laughs> so, uh, oh wow! So so, they, so, yeah. uh, so if you so, had seen yeah. it, you wouldn't have remembered. But <laughs> so so um, so I didn't have the luxury of seeing it at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I was certainly aware of the impact of the show, and um, I I. I I was contemplating buying the DVD box set, and then when the Blu-ray was announced, I actually pre-ordered it off impulse, uh, having never seen it, uh, and I, I just watched it all so quickly, and um, it, it really was just um, a, a real joy. Uh, yeah. To, to, uh, and yeah, I, I just became so like obsessed and in love with this world. And you're so uh, lucky. Uh, you're so lucky that you don't have to wait that long. I mean, maybe a yeah, year or I two. Was saying, yeah. I, I was saying this to the fans that I met at the festival. Um, you, you know, for me, it was like, well, you know, I, I finished the Blu-ray, and then you know, within a couple of months, I, maybe not even that, the new season was announced. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, what, wow! <laughs> you know, I came in at the right time. But, it is uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, but but at the same time, you know. Um, how uh, how lucky you know the fans from the t- the time the show originally aired must feel as well you know who would have ever ever truly thought you know e- even Machen said um, before last year she would have completely ruled out that it would ever come back so. Yeah, I had a friend. A friend. I mean, a friend going back twenty years or twenty five years, and and he said, "Oh, you said you, you always knew it was going to come back." Saying me, but I don't think I believed it. I mean, it's been so you just, long. You just hoped it. Would I happen. hoped it did, but I think you know, time goes by mm. and things change. But it, I, yeah, it's an exciting time. It's so exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ben, for your time. You are the host of the Entertainment Zone. You can find you on YouTube, and you can find it on iTunes. And uh, do you want to say where you can find your social media? Okay, so yeah, you can find me um, on Twitter at BL Maiden. That's B L M A D E N. You can find Entertainment Zone on YouTube by going to youtube.com forward slash Ben L Maiden. You can also find Entertainment Zone on iTunes, search for the Entertainment Zone podcast. And you can find my website at benlmaiden.com. Excellent. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ben. You know, and I'm, I'm thank, jealous. Thank I wish I could have gone. <laughs> I know. Well, Maybe who future. knows? Who knows? Who knows? It would be great to see you guys. And yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we can speak again. It's been a real pleasure. That would be awesome. great. Thank yeah. you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll be back right after this.
We did start by talking about Catherine. Um, in many ways, she was she was the figurehead of Two Peaks. She was one of the things. Her character was one of the things that marked the show out from everything else on TV. Um, and also, she was an extraordinary human being who supported this festival from the get-go. Um, so I wondered if we could start by each of us sharing a couple of memories of Catherine, whether it's something from the set or from afterwards, or a part of her performance that you loved, anything that you'd like to say about Catherine. I love it, guess. Well, you, I met Catherine the first time in 1967. That's a long time ago, and it was in San Francisco during the summer of love. That was a very interesting time, I tell you. Very interesting. And uh, we were in a production of Three Penny Opera together. With uh, Jack Nance was in that production as well. So she is such an old. I'm older than she. Uh, unfortunately, was able to get to. But she is such an old dear friend of mine, and I will be a good dear to miss her. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, we're back now with Lindsay Bowden, Twin Peaks UK Festival founder and producer. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. So, how, how was this past weekend? How did it go? Oh, my God. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, very, very busy. Lots crammed in, brilliant crowd. Um, I have to say, I think it's probably the, it's definitely the biggest, but it's probably the best one we've done yet. It was really something very special. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, from I'm, I'm, from everything that's going on in social media, and and we've just had a few interviews. It seems like it, it was a success. It went so well. Yeah. So congratulations on that. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. It was, it was, it was really, like I say, a really special weekend. The Saturday was very, very full on. Lots going on. The Sunday was a lot more chilled out, which is what I wanted a sort of happy Twin Peaks Sunday kind of chilled out day. But I mean, I've read social media stuff. I haven't read all my emails yet, but it seems like it was really well received. Yeah, and when we last spoke, we didn't know uh, Sherilyn Fenn actually got to join the, the festival, which was pretty cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Very sort of last minute, really, because um, it was kind of on and off whether or not she was going to make it, but we didn't think it was going to happen, really, and then it suddenly all came together right at the very last minute, which is wonderful, because, of course, um, Cheryl and Dana had to cancel, so, I mean, I mean, what better replacement, you know? She's fantastic. Yeah, Kimmy, uh, uh, Kimmy wasn't able to join, but then you guys got a little video clip of, of, of her... Oh, really? Wishing, you know, wishing everybody well, and that was, that was a really nice touch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Kimmy thing was really, really sad, but I mean, completely unavoidable. You know, she had to stay and, and finish the job she was working on, mm. and she was really upset about it. She was. We were both sort of on the phone to each other at three o'clock in the morning, oh. doing everything we can to try and get her here, and we we just couldn't get it to work. Um, so she wanted to do a video just to sort of say hello to the fans and everything. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's so, awesome. so what was the highlight for you? I mean, you as the the producer of the show, were you able to catch your breath, step back, and kind of enjoy it a little bit and <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Well, even if it didn't happen, well, like, was there any highlights of something that you really enjoyed that you said, "Wow, that was that was something else." You know what? The one thing that's the highlight for me every single year is chatting to the fans. 
you know what I mean, mm. when they come up and they say, oh, hi, Lindsay, you know, I'm so-and-so, and especially because I, I tend to kind of just know them all because I speak to them all on emails and things like that, and so it's kind of putting faces to names. Um, one of my favourite things is when we first open the doors and their initial reactions to what we've done to that venue, you know, mm. and this year was golden. I mean, when they saw that we'd done sort of like the red room and the foyer and that the, the Chevron floor went all the way through the back. That's awesome. And then when they saw the outside area, the Glastonbury Grove area, I mean, some people cried. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good thing, I think, I hope. But <laughs> the outside area was definitely the, the real highlight of the sort of production side of things. My production manager, Mark, is absolutely incredible. And um, and he and him and his team created something so brilliant. It just I just don't know how we're going to top it, really. That's something. Now, I'd love to hear about, like, you guys actually did do a tribute to Catherine Coulson. Could you share with us a little about that? Yeah, yeah. Basically, we wanted we did a, we did a few things. We um, we wanted us to pay homage to Catherine. She was so so special to us, and so we we did a sort of um, we played her video that she did last year for us. Mm. Um, we played that again. We did some lovely pictures, and then we did a nice tribute picture. And um, Cheryl Lee actually came up with the idea of us having a condolence book at the festival oh, that we could wow. get signed, get everyone to sign, and then send it on to her daughter Zoe. So we did that. We got everybody to sign it. Oh, nice. So, and we're going to send it on to Cheryl to send on to Zoe. Um, and then also we asked everybody to bring logs mm. and we had loads of them come everyone brought logs along me and they'd written on the logs or put little tags around them and we wow. piled them all in front of the train car so we kind of thought that Catherine was there with us in spirit Nice. nice. And I saw some pictures. I don't know that. Yeah, they they people put their logs kind of all together and it, it was really it really that's nice cool. nice touch You mentioned the train car <laughs> Yeah, that's what we wanted in the train car. In front of the train car, that's what we wanted. Yeah, but did you like the train car? What do you I like the train. I really, really, really yeah. like that train car. I mean, it was and it was outside and it looked amazing. And and can you share us what what what, what the experience was like? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the train car was something I've been wanting to do for a few years now, and I kind of was saving it a bit um, mm. for something special. And the twenty fifth anniversary just seemed the absolute natural sort of thing to do and obviously originally Cheryl was coming and so we, we could have been quite excited to stick her back in a train car <laughs> <laughs> Would you, and um so we, we decided to do it, and we were very lucky in that the build of the train car itself, not the whole Glastonbury Globe, the train car was actually sponsored by Universal Pictures. Oh. They actually paid for us to build that, which was fantastic. That's wonderful. Um, it was it was really lovely. Um, so it's, um, it's kind of hard to sum up, like, the emotions that that kind of brought about. Like, Rose, who runs the Double R Club, as soon as she saw it, she burst into tears. Oh. Like, it really got overwhelming for her. And um, I think... We achieved great things in that space. That space is actually a car park, and we completely converted it into Glastonbury Grove with the train car attached. And it seemed to work, and everyone was out there. Al Strobel loved it. He had some mm. pictures taken with the actors who were uh, playing Laura Manette and, uh, and Bob. And, um, and yeah, and Sherilyn and Machen and Mina, they all went in to watch the murder as well. They were, yeah, they loved it. That's something. So, yeah, if, so if, if I was there, is it almost like a fun house? Or like in the sense that would you actually do get to go into the car and you see the murder of Laura Palmer or reenacted? Yeah, that's exactly right. Basically, it's not a, it's not a fun house. It's a <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be fun to watch. No. <laughs> uh, it's basically um, people uh, queue up. We had different shows running it throughout the day. Um, and it's only sort of six or seven minutes long. And you stand, you went inside the train car. You all sort of stood around in a circle. <laughs> Sorry, as I moved my hand, my cat just whacked my hand really uh-huh. hard. <laughs> um, and you sort of move around in a circle. And um, and the murder takes place in front of you by performers of the Double R Club. Yeah. And 
there's no light in there. It's all just done by torchlight flashing, as, oh, it, as wow. it is in the film. Um, but the film scene is playing over the top of you as well. So you've got this loud sort of scene going on, and it's happening right in front of you as well. Wow. But the mound of dirt with the ring, the firewalk of me and blood, everything. It's all there. The angel on the ceiling is there, everything. That's something. And I, we, we got to interview uh, Benjamin Lush. And uh, I, did you guys, I think they performed it 11 times. Is that right? I think that's what they said. It did, yeah. That yeah. wasn't the, that wasn't the um, original one. They were going to do it eight times. Uh. And we did one for the press because we had quite a lot of press there. We did one for the actors and everything as well. And we did one for the, uh, an extra one because everybody wanted to see it, you know. Yeah. It was so, so popular. The poor actors were destroyed by the end of the day, the people <laughs> doing the performance. Oh, man. So is there any, uh, since we weren't able there, was there any announcements? Can you share anything? We're, I know we're really curious about uh, Sherilyn Fenn, if she might be in the show, or was there any announcements at all? That <laughs> Yeah, big ones. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I, I didn't actually see a lot of the Q&A because I was running oh, yeah. the building. But um, I don't believe there's anything from Sherilyn, but um, I think Al mentioned a little something, but again, I can't actually remember, but I know Welcome to Twin Peaks. Yeah. Something up, so it might be something worth checking on there. Um, I couldn't say for sure, to tell you the truth. Right. I do know, I think Al, Al uh, Strobel had said, uh, you know, he's retired and he would come out of retirement if if David Lynch called him, he would come out of retirement. I saw so, that on Twitter. Yeah, you saw that on Twitter. Yeah. So that's something else. So <laughs> I'm sure you're, you're not even thinking about next year yet, are you? Or, uh, oh, no, I'm already thinking about it. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and do you think it'll be around the same time? Like, will it be roughly around the fall? I mean, normally we do it around November time. We've only ever done it once in October before, weirdly, the same the year that hours over before. But um, it seems to work in November, but we did it in October purely for one reason, actually two reasons, really. One, the weather. We wanted the outside area to be um, nice and not too rainy or anything. And also because Genesis Cinema um, hired us the venue exclusively and really this was the only weekend they could make it work because obviously mm. there's a lot of blockbusters coming out this year, Star Wars and Bond and everything. Oh, yeah. So um, so they kind of said that's kind of the only weekend we can do it. We thought, well, why not? We can, we can do it. <laughs> that's awesome. And so roughly, do you know when, when tickets will go on sale for next year? I mean, like if if Brian and I want to start saving our money. Oh, we got to start saving now. <laughs> yeah. We could save. When, when, do you th when roughly do you think that tickets will be available for next year? Well, we're kind of we're thinking of slightly changing the ticketing system this year. We're just literally going through it all kind of like in the next sort of two or three weeks. Yeah. So we predict that they there's a possibility there may be some early bird tickets in November. Um, apart from that, we're looking at probably January, February. Okay. So really, is, so you really you're really thinking about? It. I mean, it, wow. that's kind of coming up fast. I mean, already. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, um, you know, as, as you know, I sort of work on several projects a year as a producer, yeah. but. This is pretty much becoming a full-time job for me now, um, especially, and it got announced at the festival, so I can announce it. Um, I've been commissioned to write a Twin Peaks cookbook as well, so I'm, I'm in the middle of writing that. Wow, too. very nice. Yeah, well, Twin Peaks is pretty much taking over my life at the moment in a wonderful way. I love it. So, so do you cook? Is that something that you do in general? I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love cooking. I love baking, particularly <laughs> anyone who's met me is going to laugh at this. Particularly desserts. Do you, Do you make a good apple pie? You know what? I've got to be honest with you. I've never made an apple pie. <laughs> well, you got to get started. You got to you got to perfect that before the book, yeah. before the book and stuff. But uh, well, I hope you'd come back and, and, and when when the book is about to come out, you could come back and, and and share that with us and, and talk about. Definitely, the... yeah. I mean, the book's coming out in September 2016. But in the meantime, we've actually launched another little project. Um, we want to open a coffee shop in London called the Damn Fine Coffee Shop because, um, as you know, we're a distributor for David Lynch Coffee, so yeah. we quite like to kind of 
open something a bit sort of surrealistic in London. And we've got a Kickstarter campaign going at the moment, simply called Dad's Fire Coffee Shop. And uh, so if anyone feels like chucking us £5, it would be gratefully received. <laughs> but um, it should be something pretty special. And so how? Uh, so what would be the best way for people to um, to promote, I mean, to, to, yeah, to sponsor to that, to donate? Yeah. They go to Kickstarter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all they need to go to, to, to do is go to www.kickstarter.com and in the search line, just put the damn fine coffee shop and it'll come up and you'll see our, our campaign there. Excellent. I want to try some of this damn fine coffee. I keep saying <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to get it for when the new series comes out. I'm going to get my you know my pie and, yeah. and I'll have to have David Lynch coffee. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah it'll be perfect. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for your time, and I'm so excited. And it, it, about the the festival it was amazing. I hear, and thank you. Thank you so much, guys. It's good to chat to you again. Yeah, yeah. you as well. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you to everybody who was on today's show. Amazing show. Yeah, today. thank you, Andreas, Benjamin, Sean, uh, Ben, and Lindsay for taking the time to be on our show. If yes. you want to learn more about them and find out how you can uh, contact them and see them on show, social media, you can check out our show notes. Yes. Now, for people who don't know, who might not never look at our show notes, Ben does an amazing job with including all like notes for everything. I try to. You do. I you try. do a great I, job, I, Ben. I think I take a long time getting the notes together because it's like, oh, I want to mention this and, and, and where where can people find people? Yeah, things. it's a great reference. So if you're a huge Twin Peaks fan and you want to hear where Ben's getting a lot of the like little, little known facts yeah. and stuff, right? Like I don't know this stuff. I'm just I'm doing research and I'm I'm yep. finding it and sharing it with everybody. But it's thank very you. Cool. That was really exciting. We had a, a lot of great people on and uh I, I, I really want to go <laughs> to that fest next year yeah. if we can pull it off. we got to figure this out. And then to find out Lindsay's saying that it could be November at the earliest or, or by January that tickets are going to go on sale. I so, know. Uh, we might have to go to the U.S. one and then the U.K. Okay. So maybe it'll be it for the next two years. Next we, two years. we have it all planned out and stuff. But, but it does seem like a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, I'm very thankful that we have social media because we got to experience the U.K. fest from the seat of the comfort of our homes. Yes. You know, between Periscope, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, we got to see a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, something else. So if you guys uh, want to know how you can reach us, we are on... We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter. <laughs> and we're not on Periscope. Uh, no, but Facebook, uh, look for us at Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And I've been doing a lot of posting on the Twin Peaks boards, mm. the David Lynch boards. Um, so if you see Brian Kazaska on there, that is me. I'm always promoting the show on those boards, but you can like us on our Facebook page as well. And I'm usually on Twitter at Twin Peaks Unwrap. Yes. Or you can also find us, of course, on Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And uh, yeah, and you can also you know check us out on iTunes. You can download the podcast there. We'd love it if you uh, you know wrote a review on what you thought of it. Rate and comment. Yes, yeah. and we we can make this show hit the top fifty on iTunes. Yes, that's maybe. our dream. That's our, our dream. dream. And you know we have our website twinpeaksunwrapped.com. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And comments, uh, concerns, or um, anything, a fan mail. You can email us at 
TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. Yeah, and, and you know, probably in the next few months, we're, we're planning on doing a feedback show. So, we, we you know, yes. feel free to, you know, email us and, you know, maybe even send us some messages through Twitter or Facebook. And, uh, yeah. By the end of the year, we're going to have a feedback yeah, show. Yeah, by the end of the year, we'll, 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 we'll start re- responding to some of these uh, messages on our show. And yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Really looking forward to that. So I thought we'd just end with Sherilyn Fenn uh, in, in a little clip from her from the fest. Yes. Um, and we'll be back next week um, with another episode of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Make it as short as possible. So I was really young. I'd only done a few uh, films and limited television. And um, actually, I met this manager, a personal manager. And she said that she observed me at her Christmas party and that she thought I wanted, I was trying to be who people wanted me to be. So they would like me. And she was right. So she said, you know, you need to find, you know, know who you are and that's how you show up wherever you are. And the best directors will want to work with you. So if you're a real bitch or if you're real sarcastic or if you're real insecure, whatever it is, it's okay. Don't put on a mask. So the very next appointment was with David. And um, and I had seen, obviously, I mean, my favorite David film is Elephant Man. And, um, and you know, had seen Blue Velvet. And so I just went in and, and I didn't say much. So he kept having to, because I, I get shy when I first meet people, so he kept having to, like, keep the conversation going. And then I said the truth. He's like, well, "Do you like the script?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, everyone's sleeping with everyone, and you know." And then the, the casting person when I left um, called my manager and, and you know yelled at her and said that I was negative and blah blah blah. And a week later, they called and said he wrote me a role and he wrote Audrey. incredible verification of be yourself don't don't you know be yourself you're enough whoever that is your truth is the most important thing